body aches at bedtime, Sierra Sil is a natural mineral supplement that supports joint health, calms inflammation, and we're so sure it'll work for you as it has for me and my husband for over 10 years. It has a money-back guarantee. Go to sierrasil.com, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L, and use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to Drift, made possible by Envy Pillow, my sleeping beauty for over 20 years. The Canadian-designed copper-infused Envy Pillow aligns your spine and neck and prevents those lines that sleeping on our face brings. Learn more in the morning at Envy, E-N-V-Y, pillow.com. As good for you as it is Mother Earth. This story is from the magical pen of Hans Christian Andersen, the pen that brought us such classics as The Little Mermaid, The Emperor's New Clothes, Thumbelina, and so many more timeless tales. But the fir tree, reimagined here just for you and Drift, is a fable about appreciating what we have while we have it. I love the message here and can't wait to share it with you, as I'd never heard it before finding it for you here for Drift. And we'll get to it in a moment. Just after we get you into a nice, comfy place of relaxation and readiness to just let go and travel with me to a lush, green forest and even a Christmas celebration... First, rest your head heavily on your pillow. Find that perfect spot and let your body feel as though it is sinking into your mattress. Now, as you breathe, deeply and slowly, counting four on the intake and six on the exhale, like this. One, two, three... Four, and exhale, one, two, three, four, five, six. Let your arms go heavy on the bed. Let your legs feel like lead, and your feet and hands completely limp and relaxed. Make sure your neck isn't working to support your head and that your shoulders have the rest of the night off and that your jaw is loose. And with your eyelids heavy, if you're ready, let's drift. Far away in the forest, where the warm sun and the fresh air made a sweet resting place, grew a pretty tiny fir tree. The situation was all that could be desired, and yet the tree was not happy. It wished so much to be like its tall companions, the pines and firs, which grew around it. The sun shone, and the soft air fluttered its leaves, and the young peasant children passed by, chattering merrily, 
but the fir tree did not heed them. Sometimes the children would bring a large basket of raspberries or strawberries and seat themselves near the fir tree and say, Is it not a pretty tree? Which made it feel even more unhappy than before. And yet, all of this, while the tree grew a notch or joint taller every year. Still, as it grew, it complained, Oh, how I wish I were as tall as the other trees. Then I would spread out my branches on every side, and my crown would overlook the wide world around. I should have the birds building their nests on my boughs, and when the wind blew, I should bow with stately dignity, like my tall companions. So discontented was the tree that it took no pleasure in the warm sunshine, the birds, or the rosy clouds that floated over it morning and evening. Sometimes in winter, when the snow lay white and glittering on the ground, there was a small hare that would come springing along and jump right over the tiny tree's head. Then how mortified it would feel. Two winters passed, and when the third arrived, the tree had grown so tall that the hare was obliged to run around it. Yet it remained unsatisfied and would exclaim, Oh, to grow, to grow. If I could but keep on growing tall and old, there is nothing else worth caring for in the world. In the autumn, the woodcutters came as usual and cut down several of the tallest trees, and the young fir, which was now grown to a good full height, shuddered as the noble trees fell to the earth with a crash. After the branches were lopped off, the trunks looked so slender and bare that they could scarcely be recognized. Then they were placed, one upon another, on wagons and drawn by horses out of the forest. Where could they be going? What would become of them? The young fir tree wished very much to know. So, in the spring, when the swallows and the storks came, it asked, Do you know where those trees were taken? Did you meet them? The swallows knew nothing, but the stork, after a brief reflection, nodded his head and said, Yes, I think I do. As I flew from Egypt, I met several new ships, and they had fine masts that smelt like fur. These must have been the trees, and I assure you, they were stately. They sailed along right gloriously. Oh, how I wish I were tall enough to go on the sea, said the fir tree. Tell me, what is this sea, and what does it look like? It would take too much time to explain. A great deal, too much, said the stork, flying quickly away. Rejoice in your youth, said the sunbeam. Rejoice in your fresh growth and in the young life that is in you. 
And the wind kissed the tree, and the dew watered it with tears, but the fir tree regarded them not. Christmas time drew near, and many young trees were cut down, some that were even smaller and younger than the fir tree, who so longed to leave its forest home. These young trees, which were chosen for their beauty, kept their branches, and they also were laid on wagons and drawn by horses far away out of the forest. Where are they going? asked the fir tree. They are not taller than I am, and why do they keep all their branches? Where are they going? We know, we know, sang the sparrows. We have looked in at the windows of the houses in the town, and we know what is done with them. Oh, you cannot think what honor and glory they receive. They are dressed up in the most splendid manner. We have seen them standing in the middle of a warm room and adorned with all sorts of beautiful things. And then? asked the fir tree, trembling in all its branches. And then what happens? We did not see any more, said the sparrows, but this was enough for us. I wonder whether anything so brilliant will ever happen to me, thought the fir tree. It would be better even than crossing the sea. Oh, when will Christmas be here? I am now as tall and well-grown as those which were taken away last year. Oh, to be laid on the wagon or standing in the warm room with all that brightness and splendor around me. Something better and more beautiful is to come after, or the trees would not be so decked out. Yes, what follows will be grander and more splendid. What can it be? I am weary with longing. Rejoice in our love, said the air and the sunlight. Enjoy your own bright life in the fresh air. But the tree would not rejoice, though it grew taller every day, and winter and summer its dark green foliage might be seen in the forest. While passers-by would say, what a beautiful tree. A short time before the next Christmas, the discontented fir tree was the first to fall. The axe cut sharply through the stem and divided the pith. The tree fell with a groan to the earth conscious of pain and faintness, and forgetting all its dreams of happiness, in sorrow at leaving its home in the forest. It knew that it should never again see its dear old companions, the trees, nor the stubby bushes, and many colored flowers that had grown by its side, perhaps not even the birds, nor was the journey all that pleasant. The tree first recovered itself while being unpacked in the courtyard of a house. 
with several other trees. And it heard a man say, We only want one, and this is the prettiest. This is beautiful. Then came two servants in grand livery and carried the fir tree into a large and beautiful apartment. Pictures hung on the walls, and near the tall tile stove stood great china vases with lions on the lids. There were rocking chairs, silken sofas, and large tables covered with pictures, and there were books and playthings that had cost a hundred times a hundred dollars. At least, so said the children. Then the fir tree was placed in a large tub full of sand, but coarse green fabric hung all around it so that no one could know it was a tub. And it stood on a very handsome carpet. Oh, how the fir tree trembled. What was going to happen to him now? Some young ladies came, and the servants helped them to adorn the tree. On one branch, they hung delicate bags cut out of colored paper. Each one was filled with confections. From other branches hung gilded apples and walnuts, as if they had grown there. And above and all around were hundreds of red, blue, and white candles, which were fastened upon the branches. Dolls exactly like real men and women, were placed under the green leaves. The tree had never seen such things before. And at the very top was fastened a glittering star made of gold tinsel. Oh, it was very beautiful. This evening, they all exclaimed, how bright it will be. Oh, I can't wait for the evening, thought the tree, and the candles lighted. Then I shall know what else is going to happen. Will the trees of the forest come to see me? Will the sparrows peep in at the windows, I wonder, as they fly? Shall I grow faster here than in the forest? And will I keep on all these ornaments during summer and winter? But guessing was of no use. His back ached with trying, and this pain is as bad for a slender fir tree as headache is for us. At last, the tapers were lighted. And then what a glistening blaze of splendor the tree presented. It trembled so with joy in all its branches that one of the candles fell among the green leaves and burned some of them. But no harm was done, for they quickly extinguished the fire. After this, the tree tried not to tremble at all, though the fire frightened him. He was so anxious not to hurt any of the beautiful ornaments, even while their brilliance dazzled him. And now the folding doors were thrown open, and a troop of children rushed in as if they intended to tackle the tree, and were followed more slowly by their elders.
For a moment, the young ones stood silent with astonishment. And then they shouted for joy till the room rang. And they danced merrily round the tree while one present after another was taken from it. What are they doing? What will happen next? thought the tree. At last, the candles burned down to the branches and were put out. Then the children received permission to plunder the tree. Oh, how they rushed upon it. There was such a riot that the branches cracked, and had it not been fastened with the glistening star to the ceiling, it might have been thrown down. Then the children danced about with their pretty toys, and no one noticed the tree, except the children's maid, who came and peeked among the branches to see if an apple or a fig had been forgotten. A story, a story, cried the children, pulling a short, fat man towards the tree. Now we shall be in the green shade said the man as he seated himself under it. And the tree will have the pleasure of hearing also. But I shall only relate one story. What shall it be? Humpty Dumpty, who fell downstairs and soon got up again, and at last married a princess? Humpty Dumpty, they cried, in quite a famous uproar. But the fir tree remained quite still and thought to himself, Shall I have anything to do with all this? Ought I to make a noise too? But he had already amused them as much as they wished, and they paid no attention to him. So the old man told them the story of Humpty Dumpty, how he fell downstairs and was raised up again and married a princess and the children clapped their hands and cried, Tell another, tell another. But this time, they had only Humpty Dumpty. After this, the fir tree became quite silent and thoughtful. Never had the birds in the forest told such tales as that of Humpty Dumpty, who fell downstairs and yet married a princess. Ah, yes. So it happens in the world, thought the fir tree. He believed it all, because it was related by such a pleasant man. Oh, well, he thought, who knows? Perhaps I may fall down, too, and marry a princess. And he looked forward joyfully to the next evening, expecting to be again, decked out with lights and playthings, gold and fruit. Tomorrow, I will not tremble, he thought. I will enjoy all my splendor, and I shall hear the story of Humpty Dumpty again. And the tree remained quiet and thoughtful all night. In the morning, the servants and the housemaid came in. Now, thought the fir tree, all my splendor is going to begin again. But they dragged him out of the room and upstairs to the attic and threw him on the floor in a dark corner 
where no daylight shone. And there they left him. What does this mean, thought the tree. What am I to do here? I can hear nothing in a place like this. And he leaned against the wall and thought and thought. And he had time enough to think. For days and nights passed, and no one came near him. And when at last somebody did come, it was only to push away some large boxes in a corner, so the tree was completely hidden from sight, as if it had never existed. It is winter now, thought the tree. The ground is hard and covered with snow, so that people cannot plant me. I shall be sheltered here, I dare say, until spring comes. How thoughtful and kind everybody is to me. Still, I wish this place were not so dark and so dreadfully lonely, with not even a rabbit to look at. How pleasant it was out in the forest, while the snow lay on the ground, when the hare would run by, yes, and jump over me, too. Although I did not like it then. Oh, it is terribly lonely here. Squeak, squeak, said a tiny mouse, creeping cautiously towards the tree. Then came another, and they both sniffed at the fir tree and crept in and out between the branches. Oh. It is very cold, said the mouse. If it were not, we should be very comfortable here, shouldn't we, old fir tree? I am not old, said the fir tree. There are many who are older than I am. Where do you come from? Asked the mice, who were full of curiosity. And what do you know? Have you seen the most beautiful places in the world? And can you tell us all about them? And have you been in the storeroom where cheeses lie on the shelf and hams hang from the ceiling? One can run about on tallow candles there. One can go in thin and come out fat. I know nothing of that, said the fir tree. But I know the wood, where the sun shines and the birds sing. And then the tree told the mice all about its youth. They had never heard such an account in all their lives. And after they had listened to it attentively, they said, What a number of things you have seen. You must have been very happy. Happy, exclaimed the fir tree. And then, as he reflected on what he had been telling them, he said, Ah, yes. After all, those were happy days. But when he went on and related all about Christmas Eve and how he had been dressed up with cakes and lights, the mice said, How happy you must have been, you old fir tree. I am not old at all, replied the tree. I only came from the forest this winter. I am now checked in my growth. What splendid stories you can tell, said the mice. And the next night, 
four other mice came in with them to hear what the tree had to tell. The more he talked, the more he remembered. And then he thought to himself, yes, those were happy days, but they may come again. Humpty Dumpty fell downstairs, and yet he married the princess. Perhaps I may marry a princess too. And the fir tree thought of the pretty slim birch tree that grew in the forest. A real princess, a beautiful princess she was to him. Who is Humpty Dumpty? asked the mice. And then the tree related the whole story. He could remember every single word. And the mice were so delighted with it that they were ready to jump to the top of the tree. The next night, a great many more mice made their appearance. And on Sunday, two rats came with them. But the rats said it was not a pretty story at all. And the tiny mice were very sorry, for it made them also think less of it. Do you only know that one story? asked the rats. Only that one, replied the fir tree. I heard it on the happiest evening in my life, but I did not know I was so happy at the time. We think it's a very miserable story, said the rats. Don't you know any story about bacon or tallow in the storeroom? No, replied the tree. Well, thanks for nothing, replied the rats, and they went their ways. The mice also kept away after this, and the tree sighed and said, it was very pleasant when the merry mice sat round me and listened while I talked. Now that is all past, too. However, I shall consider myself happy when someone comes to take me out of this place. But would this ever happen? Yes. One morning, people came to clear up the attic. The boxes were packed away, and the tree was pulled out of the corner and thrown roughly on the floor. Then the servants dragged it out upon the staircase, where the daylight shone. Now life is beginning again, said the tree, rejoicing in the sunshine and fresh air. Then it was carried downstairs and taken into the courtyard so quickly that it forgot to think of itself and could only look about. There was so much to be seen. The court was close to a garden where everything looked blooming. Fresh and fragrant roses hung over the gates. The linden trees were in blossom, while swallows flew here and there, crying, My mate is coming. But it was not the fir tree they meant. Now I shall live, cried the tree joyfully, spreading out its branches. But alas, they were all withered and yellow, and it lay in a corner among weeds and nettles. The star of gold paper still stuck in the top of the tree and glittered in the sunshine. Two of the merry children who had danced round the tree at Christmas 
and had been so happy, were playing in the same courtyard. The youngest saw the gilded star and ran and pulled it off the tree. Look what is sticking to the ugly old fir tree, said the child, treading on the branches till they crackled under his boots. And the tree saw all the fresh, bright flowers in the garden, and then looked at itself and wished it had remained in the dark corner of the attic. It thought of its fresh youth in the forest, of the merry Christmas evening, and of the tiny mice who had listened to the story of Humpty Dumpty. Past, past, said the poor tree. Oh, had I but enjoyed myself while I could have done so. But now it is too late. Then a young man came and chopped the tree into small pieces till a large bundle lay in a heap on the ground. The pieces were placed in a fire and they quickly blazed up brightly while the tree sighed so deeply that each sigh was like a short pistol shot. Then the children who were at play came and seated themselves in front of the fire and looked at it and cried, pop, pop. But at each pop, which was a deep sigh, the tree was thinking of a summer day in the forest or of some winter night there when the stars shone brightly and of Christmas evening and of Humpty Dumpty, the only story it had ever heard or knew how to relate till at last it was consumed. The boy still played in the garden, and the youngest wore on his breast the golden star with which the tree had been adorned during the happiest evening of its existence. Now all was past. The tree's life was past, and the story also past. For all stories, must come to an end at some time or other. As does this one, my friend. Now, drift off and sweet dreams. <laughs>